This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, here we go. Salute to NBA Nation on this Tuesday night. Another edition of the NBA Report. On today's episode, we are going to recap Summer League, man. And an excellent, excellent 10 days out in Las Vegas has wrapped up with the Cleveland Cavaliers coming away as champions of the Summer League. So we're going to talk about our top standouts with the guy that does it the best, man. Our guy, Corey Tulliba, is back. The head of the No Ceilings podcast, man. They cover the NBA Draft 365 days a year, man. So you're going to want to tap in, listen up, hit that thumbs up button for you boys, and lock in to another great episode of the NBA Report, man. CP the Franchise, Alex Otaros, Corey Tulliba in here, and you guys at home, man. Salute, salute, salute. Corey, how you feeling, man? Man, living the dream, man. I feel good. Went to Vegas, maybe spent a little too much time out there, but, you know, had to go hit Napa up after to yeah. relax, rewind, Ooh. come back, and get ready to start grinding on uh, the summer film for the next class, man. So I'm feeling good, and I'm, uh, you know, ready to rock, talk some hoops. There, there you go, man. What was the— I was uh, a little confused. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I, was, I just, I just want to say, I was a little confused, though, watching Corey out on his Napa trip, because I didn't know I was following uh, No Ceilings Corey <laughs> or Corey's No Reservations, uh, no Reservations, <laughs> Corey. Here. That's right. No the, Reservations, that's Cro- right. Chronicles, that's what we got going on on that yeah. page right now. <laughs> no, no Reservations, Corey, man, absolutely bad. Um, you know, based on just, just the work that, that you guys did this year, incredible work this year in covering all these prospects just overall with it you know we'll get into the the individual prospects but what was your overall summer league experience like uh, in vegas summer league was crazy man like for anyone that's been there before you know you could walk right up to the ticket booth get a ticket and then go and sit pretty much wherever you want in the arena and uh when we rolled up you know luckily you know we had tickets um beforehand but when we rolled up we were like oh three days it sold out for three days yeah so i mean i think just having that amount of people at this event it, it did it was a different experience than usual because you know it's a lot more intimate typically and and because of the hype with victor and scoot and the thompson twins and just this whole class brandon miller i mean it there were so many basketball fans there which is cool to see you know it's obviously an amazing event um, I, I do think, you know, on the days Victor wasn't playing, you might have seen the fact that those, uh, you know, ticket buyers bought up all the tickets to yeah. try to sell on the secondary market because right, right. uh, those days were a little emptier, even though they were sold out. But it was, you know, it's amazing, man. Vegas, there's there's nothing like it in any other sport. Like, I don't know, maybe WrestleMania or something in, in, in a city like there's no other sport you can, you know, be at a restaurant or in the casino and you got Kawhi rolling up in his white tee and basketball shorts and Paul George sitting next to you at the bar and Kyle Korver yeah. and Taylor Jenkins all in the same place, just chopping it up. So it's, it's unlike anything else, man. It's a great experience. 
Yeah, it, it's continuing to to grow in popularity and stature. This year, the NBA added NBA Con, the the convention. Uh, then you had the introduction of the in-season tournament. And as you said, it, it's highly accessible, man. You, you walk through anywhere, whether it's the stadium. You know, I ran into Jim Beheim just, just walking through. I'm playing <laughs> Papa Shot, turn around, it's Jim Beheim. Take a picture of Jim Beheim. You know, walking through the rotunda, Larry Hughes, dab up Larry Hughes. Uh, anybody, literally anybody is anywhere from the NBA world, whether it's in the arena, around the casinos, it's, you know, the most accessible time that you will have it just being around the NBA. And uh, and then you have the product on the floor. You see a lot of the young prospects, a lot of the young cores of the NBA coming together. Um, a lot of these prospects aren't playing the entire stretch, but for guys like uh, of Wembenyama, obviously the, the hype train was real that Friday night. I'm not sure if you were there on, on the Friday. Did you come in yeah. that Friday? yeah. For sure, man. It was, uh, you know, it's one of those things like it's almost like a, a festival for basketball fans typically, yeah. right? Like yeah. you can bounce back and forth between the two gyms. Maybe you catch a half here, you go to a half there. Um, but that Friday night, you could not leave your seat. No. Because if you left your seat, you're sitting in the top. You could. You know what I mean? You're so, cooked. you know, luckily the, the preceding games leading up to that were also very good. So it was, you know, it, it was cool to just sit in your seats um, for a while, but you couldn't get up. Because if you yeah. got up, you were gonna you were gonna lose your seat um, and, and not get to experience it. So it was it was wild. But yeah, I was in the house for it for sure. Uh, I'm telling you, man, the hype was incredible. Now, like the hype leading up to it was almost on Zion levels in that you know people were just waiting to get those previous games over with, and it was so <laughs> funny because each game down to the wire. Those teams were were playing to as if you know in game situations. So I was watching like Denver versus the Bucks, and I believe it was the Bucks that had the lead. And the Bucks coach is calling timeouts, and with seconds <laughs> left in the fourth, you know Denver is is intentionally fouling, trying to get them to the free throw line. And you hear in the crowd, this is at like this is at like three p.m. Pacific time, <laughs> vociferous booze going on because the crowd is like, yo, get these guys off the court so we can get to the next game, get to Wemby. Then you had Blazers and Rockets, mm. which was another good matchup because you had Scoot, you had uh, uh, you had Eamon Thompson, Jabari, Cam Whitmore, you had Tari Eason, all these guys. And that game came down to the wire where the Rockets almost almost tied it, and then uh, Jamari Smith wins it with, with the yeah. with the buzzer beat of three. That was the game of the week. I that, think. Yeah, that was an incredible game, man. So, and then you know when the Wemby game started, the first one, once the hype got off, you could tell he was kind of charged up by it. Wasn't really on his game. But then the second game when he played the Blazers, no scoot. I think you saw some of the real Wemby. I mean, look, it's only summer league. First rule summer league is it's only summer league. But, you know, the overreactions, he was impressive, man. You know, what what'd you see from him in that game uh, against the Blazers? I mean, you know, even just going back to the previous game, um, when he didn't necessarily play well, you're just going to see how he's going to impact games defensively. Right. Yeah, right. just by his sheer size and presence and uh, the ability to alter shots. But... I mean, it's it's crazy because like he almost is like a a basketball player with training wheels right now, and he's already showing you all of these unbelievable skills for somebody who's seven five, seven six, um, with an eight foot wingspan and moves around like a guard at times, right? But he still doesn't even know what he's doing, 
and he's playing now in an NBA system. And um, it's funny because, you know, he played uh, in Vegas or in Henderson early in the year for the matchup um, against Scoot uh, with against the Ignite with Mets 92. And, you know, he blew the, the roof off both games. Right. So, like, it's it's not like the moment was necessarily too big, but like playing with random summer league guys, you know, in this environment, seeing how we handled it. It was coming off the back of the Britney Spears stuff. So I yeah. like that he was able to bounce back yeah. in that second game. Um, I mean, you know, I, I think having to deal with being called the best prospect of all time and and all of this hype and all of this pressure, you know, I, I'm, I was happy that he, he was able to look more like the guy that um, we all build him as in that second game. So he didn't have an entire offseason of, oh, this guy's trash. Uh, yeah. Which is what the narrative would have been if, you know, he, he didn't play well. Uh, but you, you see glimpses into the future, you know what I mean? Like, the kid's going to be a star. Uh, I mean, the crowd was so into it on that Sunday game, man. <laughs> Just wait, because I think the Spurs were down to that game. So every time they got a chance to, to get back into it, then he goes on the bench with about, like, you know, nine minutes left. Comes back in with about four left. The crowd's going wild. Chacho standing up every, ch- every chance he gets. He's going crazy. And, you know, for me, man, like you said, the defensive skill sets, and I think that'll be his immediate contribution to the game while he gets his strength, his core, tight gets his weight up a little bit and the offense comes around but then you seeing the guy at seven foot five putting the ball on the floor crossing people up the high release point that's where I'm just like this is this is insane like what am I watching right now in- in- he's incredible the blue alien he's the blue alien from space jam man like <laughs> you know he's, he's he that's what he looks like he looks like he stole the powers of all the NBA players in this cartoon character on the court he you know because what's crazy is like Chet was there you know Chet's playing in summer league yep. and Chet looks crazy out there yeah. on the court and then you see Wembenyama and it's just like you know it, you you took all the the money you got in, in 2k and just you know made a 2k character that's 7-6 with guard skills like he seemed he's he's crazy he seems fictional I mean the 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 one he had a one putback dunk late in this is he early in this game or, or late I don't remember with two-handed and it looks like he didn't even leave the ground it was insane man it was insane al what what was your impressions of uh of Wembenyama over that opening weekend those two games it's like a blur at this point from thinking about vegas but from what i recall like he was starting off that game pretty slow too but then he started to catch on as the game wore on um i just remember from that game everyone was just cheering when he took a three and they wanted him just want to see him drill a three and Yeah. yeah i think like when you watch him play it's what you guys already said. His height, his talent, like you can just, you can kind of get an idea where he can go, where he could get into the future. I mean, if you look at Chet right now, what Chet can do, you're like, okay, if Chet can do that at that type of frame, maybe Wemby can do this. If he adds even more muscle, then he could be an unstoppable force, right? I, <clears throat> I was just impressed from what I got to see from him uh, in Summer League. But I was more impressed with like, what Scoot did, in all honesty. Like, Scoot just, like, there's just, like, a charisma that he has. There's a, there's a strength to him. The game just looks a little bit more natural with him. He, like, for a guy to step on the court uh, for Scoot and just see him just, like, he knows he's that guy. Like, there's just, there's just like, a, there's just an element, right? And just mm-hmm. had that command. I, I was more impressed with him, though, than, uh, over Wemby. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, what would you think about uh, Scoot New in the one game? You know, one game. What would you think about Scoot uh, on that uh, that opening night, opening day? I mean, look, Scoot is a big game player. Like when he played against Wembenyama, and he knew that was going to be the only game of his ignite career um, that the bright, the the lights were going to be bright. Uh, you know, people don't watch the the ignite games; they're not really on ESPN like that, right? You, you got to go and out of your way to find them. And uh, when he knew, again, like, this is my first summer league matchup. It's against Amin Thompson. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like, they think this kid is nice? Like, nah, like, I'm going to show you what it is. Like, the talent disparity. I mean, we posted a clip that we filmed from, mm-hmm. uh, the fir- like, one of the first defensive possessions where they matched up. And he's just jawing at him, you know, bobbing his head up and down. Like, um, like I'm ready for this. Let's go. Like, he's just he's ready for action and you got to imagine like this is a this is like a a decrease in competition level for him in summer league he is a veteran he's a pro he's been a pro for two years in an nba system so for him he had the advantage of coming out comfortable Mm -hmm. um so and that's what he did he looked great you know he looked athletic he looked strong he looked ready for the moment um you know he's familiar you know with the city in a way that maybe some of the other young guys aren't mm. necessarily going to be familiar with because mm-hmm. that's where the Ignite are based out of. So sure. he had all of all of these um, advantages, and that's even before you talk about how you know uh, insane of a talent he is at the point guard spot. And you, know, you could be impressed by the athleticism and all of that, but what's so impressive about him is that he plays with pace. He plays with poise. He plays like a vet already, and he makes you know decisions and reads that are just – you know, way above his years. So, um, you know, it, he he lived up to expectations, and, and that's what he does uh, in big games. He lives up to expectations, you know, and he got hurt, um, had to exit the game, shoulder thing. I was speak, hanging out with a, a Blazers executive later that night, and we saw him walking through the casino. We we're like, Scoot good? He's like, yeah, he's going to be fine. Like, hmm. he's good. But the look on, like, the fa- when, when I talked about Scoot with the Blazers exec, the look on his face, man, I never seen this dude smile like that mm. <laughs> since I've known him. Like they know what they have in this kid, um, and you know, w- uh, with whatever they get for that Dame package, like to build around Scoot and Shaden Sharp, uh, they they're gonna have a special yeah. rebuild. 
Yeah, he, he just has that it factor, man. The ball control, the body control, the leadership quality. I mean, that first game, that Friday night was the first game I saw of him in person. And you could you could just see he has all of that together, man. And so, yeah. so it's only a matter of time before he's dominating the league. He's going to be a solid player. And you know what? Look, Portland's uh, they, they're looking over their shoulder at the Dame trade, but... Can't be mad at, at you know the the uh, the changing of the guard because they seem to be in good hands with with guys like Scoot Henderson. Shaden Sharp looks like he's confident in his going into his second year. Um, so he certainly showed some flashes in summer league. So Blazers look like they're on their way. Uh, another prospect or talent rather that that I liked in summer league, and this is before we get to the MVP man, uh, Jabari Smith Jr. Man mm. going into his second year. And he was another guy that we saw on the opener. He played two games for the Rockets. Uh, just very, what I saw from him, very aggressive, man. Just in attack mode. Again, confidence off the charts. Being a leader, I got to see him backstage both years, last year and this year. Just observing him, how he's carrying himself backstage with the other fellow Rockets players. He just seems like he's locked in, man. He's having fun out there, having a great time, but also leading on the court and um, just re- being very aggressive and, and being in, a, in attack mode. And, you know, they were asking him why he decided to play in Summer League. And he said, listen, man, I'm 20 years old. My team was 20-something and 62 last year. We were hot garbage. And I need to work on my game. I'm coming here to get reps, get comfortable with my teammates, gain some more chemistry. And I thought that was a great move by him. What did you see from him in, uh, in Summer League this year? Yeah, he looked like a completely different player in Summer League this year compared to last year, where last year, you know, I think he he was overthinking things. Um, you know, when the shots weren't falling, he he was just settling. Instead, this year, like you said, aggressive, confident, because, um, you know, his three-point shot wasn't even really dropping, right? And it didn't drop through this year, yeah. and that's why, you know, he was talked about up until 30 minutes before the draft last year as being the number one pick because this was a kid who's 6'10", switchball on defense that can knock down threes. So what he's learned and what he's adapted to that is like, all right, if that that's not dropping, like, let me operate that little mid-post area, you know, maybe a little bit of KG game there and attack the hoop and get to the line. And he got to the free throw line, like, uh, 28 times something like yeah. that, something crazy um in in his two games so uh he just took control and he started a little slow in that first game too and it was like oh man like rockets fans are gonna be on his head if he doesn't turn it around and from there once he got it going he didn't slow down and it's his mentality man like this is a mature kid um and that's the that's the reason why you're gonna have faith in this rockets turnaround because of guys like that uh, along with the, the coaching hire and and the talent that they have alongside him like you need that kind of leadership, that kind of maturity, and uh, a kid who fits the the modern NBA game, man. I mean, he he was he's too good for summer league. You know, it, yeah. people ha- make those lists after the summer league. Too good for summer league list. He he proved pretty quick that yeah. in that second year leap, he's ready to take it. Um, and you know, it's usually a pretty good sign when guys dominate like this heading into their second year that they're at least going to take a, a leap in their development. So I saw everything I needed to see from him, like kid looked like he's he's ready for the season to start man you think he's starter uh, level ready i mean yeah i'd be on on that rockets team you know he's offering something um from that front court spot that that they don't have uh just defensively uh due to his size i mean um again he could switch out on the guards uh i i don't think he's like some elite shot blocker but i think he's gonna be able to run some small ball five for sure and just when you got a guy like shengun 
um, who you're going to start, who operates so close to the paint, the fact that he can stretch it out to the floor, uh, I think is going to be important. I mean, look, there, there's going to be a minutes crunch somewhere because, you know, they got a guy who we haven't talked about, the MVP of the Summer League, yeah. mm-hmm. um, who may not even get minutes this year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, they, they got Amen Thompson, who he could kind of play uh, the forward positions. Uh, Dylan Brooks with the signing, you know, they didn't pay him that much money to just be a veteran leader. They want him on the court. Um, but I think Jabari Smith, uh, Smith offers enough that and, – and, some different things that they don't have that he's going to um, cement himself as that, as that guy. Yeah. I guess my question is more so like, I knew he, I know he's going to be the starter, but do you think he's like ready to like yeah. take what he did in summer league to actually translate it into the NBA this upcoming season and be that type of guy? Yeah. I mean, look, sometimes some of these guys, they'll put up gaudy numbers in summer league and it's just stuff, you know, isn't going to be able to translate to, you know, NBA basketball. There's a lot of guys who can go and get numbers. Um, and he got numbers, but he did it in a way that, like, that's how he's going to play mm-hmm. in the NBA, right? He wasn't just, like, jacking threes, taking dudes off the bounds, shooting tough shots. Like, he was doing all the things that he already does. Uh, so he was working on, like, game-like situations. And and that's the type of stuff that I think usually translates from Summer League to NBA play. Um, do I think he's going to go out and average 30 next year? Or, you know, I, I don't think so. I don't think there's enough shots to go around. I don't think he's good. He, he's probably not going to be a 20 point per game scorer. Uh, but do I think he's ready to go out and be a solid NBA starter? Yeah, I do. And he was the number three pick for a reason. You know what I mean? So he knows what kind of season he had. Like, you know, CP said, he, uh, going back to that interview, he's trying to get better. You know, there are guys out here who are, are, are resting in summer league. <laughs> you yeah, know, they're, yeah. they're, they're doing the rest thing. Like, like, yo, do you love to hoop? Do you want to get better or not? Like, the, from the end of the season until the beginning of the season, that's a long offseason. And this is really the first, you know, some of the only run for young players to get in a competitive setting with referees, getting to learn with your new teammates and the coaching staff. Like, so he took the opportunity, and, and I think he's going to use it as a springboard to have a really solid season. Yeah, it almost seems like, you know, some league seems like a lot of prospects go in there working on certain aspects of their game. And for him, you know, his rookie campaign really was very, very low in terms of rim attacks, very low in terms of drawing contact, shooting fouls, draw rate very low. But it seems like some league he was trying to do that, trying to finish through contact and really just be aggressive attacking that rim. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. I like the fact that they brought in Van Fleet. Not because he's going to make them a competitor by any stretch, but at some point, you got to try to supplement your youngsters with some guys that know what they're doing. And yeah. they, they they needed an adult in that room to try to get these guys in order. You have way too much invested in a Jabari Smith, in a Jalen Green. I love Tari Eason's game, which the Knicks would have looked at him last year in the draft. You have so many youngsters. We'll talk about Cam Whitmore next you, got, you need an adult in the room. And so I'm going to be curious to see how he plays off of Van Fleet. Do they have some sort of pick-and-pop potential? Does Van Fleet help him elevate his game? You know, Van, you know, he's not Chris Paul by any stretch, but he should be able to help get a guy like a Jabari Smith going, get him in his spots, get him, get him the ball where he needs it to be so that he can be a little bit more effective. 100%. And, and the thing about Van Fleet the, and Jabari Smith is, like, like you said, he's going to help him get to his spots for for two years almost the running joke with Jabari is like he hasn't had any guards 
that have been able to help him go and get off in a game because, you know, it's more like shot chuckers versus, you know, pure point guard types that are, are, are trying to run offense and get guys going. It's all guys who are looking for their own shot. And Van Vliet is going to be – he's look, he's going to Houston. He probably sees an opportunity to go and, you know, increase his points per game a little bit. He's also a guy who is a champion, came from a, a team that's always in the mix, and is going to be able to show that not only as a veteran leader off the court, but show these guys how to play on the court and put them in positions to succeed. And uh, uh, there's no doubt that that's going to be helpful for the development of, of not only Jabari, but of a Jalen Green, of Tari Eason, of Cam Whitmore, of Shangun. All of these guys, they need that. But, you know. Dylan Brooks, he might take a ton of bad shots, but, you know, there's something valuable that he does bring to a team as frustrating as it might be at times. These are guys that are going to have an impact. Um, even Jeff Green, you know, like going there, like th these are all guys that are going to be impactful, just teaching guys how to play the right way. Because they're, they're at the college level, sometimes you can just get by on your talent. Um, there, there's just such a, a discrepancy. But in the league, everybody can ball. So, like, you got to not only be talented, you got to know how to play the right way. And uh, that's clearly with the coaching hire and the veterans that they brought in. That's clearly the, you know, the motive and the idea behind the Houston Rockets season this year. And and they owe a pick to OKC this year. So they top can't four. Yeah, top <laughs> yeah. four protected, man. So uh, from that CP3 trade. So, the, yeah, they have some incentive to improve this team. And now for his teammates, the Summer League MVP, man, Cam Whitmore, averaged 20 points per game, 20.4 points per game, 5.6 boards, and three steals. I guess the question here is, like, it's it's not about the talent because you saw some of this at Nova, but how did this guy slip? What was the reason this guy slipped to 20, man? You, you heard so many. You had varying reports. It was the medicals. It was his interviews. The coach didn't go to bat for him. Did you talk to anybody at something? Any any Rockets uh, executives or any other executives that that had some more insight on him? Uh, I mean, uh, all I know is on draft day, I, I I had heard that the Rockets were trying to trade up to ten for him. Oh. Um, mm. and you know, obviously, um, that was a pick that Dallas mm. was willing to move. Um, so Houston was trying to get in the mix for that. Uh, I look. He was the MVP. He really turned it up in those last few games. But I do think we have to pump the brakes a little bit on it. I know he won MVP. He, 19 points on, like, 17 shots. You know, like, he still did things. He still has the same flaws in his game that he had at Nova, uh, which is inconsistency and fitting in with, you know, other guys. Like, he started turning up when he was the guy. He's not going to be the guy there for quite a while, right, if right. ever. Um you know, his his defensive playmaking was there, but, you know, some of the more nuanced stuff he's he struggles with. He's one of the youngest players in the NBA. So this is stuff they, they can be patient with him. Um, he looked good. He looked confident. That's that is who he is. You know, even going back to last summer when he was potentially going to be a top three pick, he dominated the FIBA America's tournament in a way where you were like, this isn't even fair. Um, you know, he looked like LeBron in some of those games. So the talent's never been the question. It's never been a question of can he get buckets? It's like, can he stop shooting eight threes a game when he's shooting 30%? Can he, you know, hit free throws when he gets to the line? If he gets there, can he make, uh, you know, passes to his teammates and find guys? Um, those are all questions that we still need to have. So I, honestly, like, I think I probably had him at nine or 10, something like that mm. in my personal board, because as, as a parent as his talent is, his athleticism, all that, 
he still has real holes in his game that I, I do think he still showed in summer league. Um, if we're going to be objective and we're not just going by, you know, the fact that he's hitting step backs and he's hitting that, that potential, that flash, that's all great. He's got to show the other stuff. So I think it's a combination of that. And then just the medicals, like, I do think teams have a ten, you know, tend to overthink the personality based stuff. You know, you you remember the stuff about Ant Edwards, he didn't like to hoop. Uh LaMelo Ball, uh, you know, was one of the worst interviews ever. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was like uh, turning people off left and right, media, pro personnel. We tend to overthink that stuff sometimes. Um, and I think that Cam went too low regardless. I think at a certain point you just gotta take a talent like that. Like he was clearly a lottery talent, regardless of what his, you know injury situation is we can look at michael porter jr who uh let me tell you yeah. my guy was living it up in las vegas <laughs> <laughs> my guy was having my guy was he was out there uh i know he was out there <laughs> he was out there <laughs> uh he was coming off the chip but you see how he you know uh settled into a role and in those injury concerns which were still there he's missed time they've reared their ugly head but he's been mm. able to work through it so I think just the injury and some of the holes in his game to go along with the fact that he's not a good interview, but he's a, he was 18 at the time of the draft. Like how many 18 year olds are, are going to be great in interview settings. Like, it, you know, these kids are still kids as even though he looks like he's 25 physically. Um, so I think it was just a combination of all of that, but I, I do think that we need to chill a little bit. Look, maybe he blows the doors off, you know, the league it makes him uh the rockets put him in the rotation right away but mm. again there's a lot of competition at his spots with tari with dylan brooks even with jabari um so i think that you know rockets fans should be excited but be patient because you you definitely got a value pick but mvp of summer league is you know it's mvp of summer league yeah, you're in good yeah. company if you yeah. get it but it, it's not a direct correlation to like going to be a superstar right away by any stretch but I think I think that's the part, Corey, that you said right there. It's like you're in good company because, like, if you go down the list, right? You talk about Cam Whitmore this year. Last year was Keegan Murray. Year before that, you had uh, you had uh, two winners. You had Davion Mitchell, Cameron Thomas. Uh, you had before that Brandon Clark. You have Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, Tyus Jones, Kyle Anderson. You know Glenn Rice Jr. Eh, but you have yeah. Jonas Valanciunas. You still got Damian Lillard, who tied with Josh Selby that year, and John Wall, Blake Griffin. And just going through these names, like at least what you could say from Cam, from Cam from Cam Whitmore is that he will be a serviceable player based on like some of the things no that you could be in there. So no I know question. he has like a lot of holes that you mentioned, but maybe he does get that MPJ role. Maybe with Ime Adoka, you know, who can who, who seems like he has a great command after what he did in Boston. Maybe that's the guy that can get through to him and be like, look, I need you to do X, Y, and Z in order for you to be this successful. So and, and he's the perfect coach. He's the perfect yeah. coach because mm -hmm. he's uh, a hard nosed coach. And one of the biggest comps that Cam had coming out was Jalen Brown. Mm. Um, so getting having a coach like that, and stylistically, you could see the comparisons and how they play. Um, and if you looked at a young Jalen, like go down, see what his rookie year was like. Didn't really play too much, um, you know. And, and he was playing for Brad back then, but they were patient with that kid. And all of a sudden, now you know he's going to sign probably that that crazy max deal. Um, and Cam has that potential for sure, but you know, let's just be patient. These guys are young and, and let's not overreact too much to summer league, even though they're, it's going to be pretty enticing because you see that guy jump out of the gym and you see some of the step backs and stuff. He looks, he looks like he is on the higher end of that list rather than the lower end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure.
I, I would have to think they, they will be patient with him. I mean, I mean he got $80 million stunk, sunk into Dylan Brooks, right? <laughs> so you, yeah. you got to get your money's worth there. So uh, I think Dylan Brooks is going to get the lion's share of those minutes. We'll see what, where Jeff Green slots in. Is he just kind of a, a veteran support off the bench? Or does he get meaningful minutes? But, you know, no new Doka, maybe they'll, they'll uh, you know, let Cam earn his, his stripes there and, uh, and just take it one, one year at a time with him in. Yeah, and that's the right approach, man. Yeah. Like, there's, look, they definitely want to be better this year just because they don't have their pick. You know, they want to see progress. Uh, but that doesn't mean they're going to be a championship team next year that they have to be. I don't yeah. think that they believe that by any stretch. I think that they just want to get guys who are going to show the guys the talent that they do have. They want to show them, hey, this is how you become, you know, a successful NBA player. And I think that they'll do that and they'll work that process out. Um and, you know, it's going to be a process because uh, you go down the list, Jalen Green, Tarese, and uh, Jabari even, you know, Cam, outside of Amen Thompson as their young stud, um, and Shangun, like all those, none of those other guys really have that, like processing that feel, that kind of Denver Nuggets, Golden State Warriors kind of style where the ball's just swinging side to side and there's back cuts and this, like, it's a lot of catch and hold from all of those guys. Uh so they're going to have to learn how to play a different style and, and that's going to be a process, but it's going to be fun to watch, you know, yeah. win or loss, you know, the, the Rockets fans are actually going to have something to watch and be hopeful for this year. Cause I think they're going to see a lot of progress, even if that progress only gets them to, you know, 32 wins or something. True indeed, man. Once again, this is the NBA report. We are recapping the NBA Summer League 2023 and talking about some of the key standouts, man. CP the Franchise here, Alex Rotaros, Corey Tulva of the No Ceilings Podcast. Hit that like button, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. And salute to everybody in the chat. How about the return of Chet Holmgren, man? Chet is back after uh, trying to take on LeBron in the crossover Summer League and uh, losing that matchup with a list Frank injury, man, derailing his rookie rookie campaign. Uh, Check came back. He started in Salt Lake City, and then uh, gave him a few couple of games in in Vegas. Man, shot blocking extraordinaire. I forgot how many blocks he finished within total at summer league, but certainly defensively he looked okay. Looks seemed to be moving uh, pretty well. Dropped twenty five points against the Pacers. What do you think about Chet in his uh, summer league stint? I'm happy he's back, man. I think he's a, a a real possibility to to win Rookie of the Year this year because um, I think that Oklahoma City team is going to be real good. Uh, I think they're going to be a playoff team this year. Uh, I mean, look, he is he's one of these unicorn guys, man. Like, you see it on both ends. Like, he didn't shoot the three ball well in the summer league, but, like, in college he was 40% from three, right? Like, you could see that he's going to shoot it in the league. You could see what he does off the bounce. You know, there was that highlight. He hit that snatch back and the spin, right, to, with the finish. Like, he's dunking on dudes. You could see that he's visible. He, he's noticeably, like, stronger mm-hmm. physically. You know, like, I think that year off was good for him. He still doesn't look, you know, like uh, Cam Whitmore might physically, but he's he's noticeably thicker. And that's huge for him because he's always been, regardless of his size, uh, a really physical player that that's kind of the sell with him defensively like you can go at him he's not backing down you know in the tournament game against Jalen Duran Jalen Duran was trying to post him up and he could not move him um so like this is a dude who competes he's a you know a bad mother effer uh like he's he's one of these dudes that is like he will go at you and if you go at him he's he's ready for it and it was just good to see him man because he's gonna offer something that okay see 
didn't have last year. And, and that was a team that was a lot of fun uh, because now they have some real legit size to have a, a, a legit rim protector. Like that's something that they were so good without that. And he fits so perfectly into their offensive system, which you look at every guy that they've drafted um, can rebound, can defend, can shoot, can pass. They, they just versatile guys who could do a little bit of everything and make smart, quick decisions. Um, so he's, he's just putting them in that OKC team, man. He is going to be a, a ton of fun. And and I think, you know, I, if I was a betting man and and I am, I think, maybe the money for rookie of the year might go to, to Chet for me. Mm. Where do you see him? Like, so like for that team, do you see them taking another step forward? Because this was a playing team. We're talking last season. Do you think that his talent based on what you've seen in the summer league, they'll push him even further in another direction in a good direction, yeah. I should say a hundred percent. Like I, I would have taken him one still, I'd still have taken one even after seeing the rookie year that Paulo Boncaro had. Mm. Um, because I, I just think he does too many things well, and he does too many important NBA things well. And the fact that he does have SGA, who is a legitimate 30-point scorer in this league, the fact that he does have all of these other veteran guys now um, that have been in the league and, and know how to to win a little bit and have seen a little bit of success, have tasted it, you're adding a guy who was the second overall pick who is not your normal rookie right like you look at guys like Blake Griffin and Ben Simmons who sat out that year getting to watch getting to learn how to be a pro and then they come in and there's less of a, a learning curve for those guys who sat out that year um, when they come in they're a little bit more ready to go so I think that they are going to take a step like I, I think they're just going to be legit good like I, I think they're going to be a legit playoff team um, no playing scenario if everything you know goes right health wise for that team because uh, they just have so many pieces with a great coach and a great style of play and a legit superstar who I don't even think is done getting better necessarily you know like I don't think SGA even peaked so he goes up a level the rest of those guys have another year of development and you add a defensive presence like Chet who to me is the best defensive prospect that we've had come into the league and I don't even know how long um, wow. yeah I, I think that they're ready to take another step that's going to be a fun team considering yeah. also not, not only with SGA and Chet, you think about Josh Giddy, you got Lou Dort, who's a solid defender. Um, you got the, 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 was it, you got the Williams Jalen. Yeah. J Dub, J Dub and J Will. Yeah. J Dub. Yeah. Bo Jalen's out there. That's going to be a good team. That's going to be a good young team to watch. And, and I think, you know, even though his offense has not really, right. You haven't, you, you haven't, because he obviously hasn't had his full rookie year. Like you haven't seen his full offense at the NBA level. I think defensively is where he can really make his presence felt for them. Even though they finished middle of the pack last year in the league, which is good for for their standards. Uh, you know, they were 22nd in blocks. I think like 23rd in block percentage, 17th in the league in opponents points in the paint. If he can translate what he's doing here in some league early and, and bring that to what they need him for, Blocking shots, altering shots at the rim. You're going to get more than enough offense from SGA. You got Giddy who can get you a triple-double. You still got Trey Mann coming off the bench. You got Jalen Williams, who the, the big man Jalen Williams shot 40% from three. You got the the, the wing Jalen Williams, who the Knicks should have picked up, Who's looks like he got brolic this offseason, and he looks like he's ready to take a step in his second year. This team is going to be a problem, man. They got a lot of potential, and for Chet, you could wait for his offense to come around as long as defensively he's that anchor that they need him to be. They got some good talent there, man. They got some real good talent there. Be a legit fifth option on that team. Yeah, <laughs> and the interesting thing about them is that 
you know, we, we talked about the Rockets really needing to fortify their youngsters with vets. You could you could consider SGA a vet at this point. I mean, you know, he, he's been in the league yeah. a, a minute now, but they really haven't. What I'm saying is they don't have like a, a Dylan Brooks or, or any of those vets that are kind of blocking these youngsters from playing. Giddy, he's in there. He's locked in there. Jalen Williams, locked in there. He's a starter. Big man Jalen Williams, he's going to be getting his minutes. Like, you don't really have any vets blocking these guys in OKC, and they almost made the playoffs last year. So give credit to Presti and those guys, man, because I remember last year at Summer League when I was talking to, um, I forgot who I was talking to, one, one of uh, uh former NBA player with, with uh, NBA Radio, and we were talking about OKC, and he was like, yeah, you know, they got talent. We were watching Chet. We were watching Chet in, in the Summer League debut, and he was just like, yeah, you know, they, they got some youngsters, but when is Presti going to have them in position to win? And you look at where they finished last year, they almost got there, man. So they're, they're on their way. They, they are on their even, way, we, man. We didn't even mention top 10 pick, Kaysen Wallace, from this year. Right. They got a Uzman, staff defender there. Uz, Uzman Jang, who was one of the best players, in my opinion, out in Summer League this year, who I think he's a legit 6'10", 6'11", dribble pass shoot guy. Like, this team just loaded with with talent and length and feel and IQ and versatility everywhere on the floor. And then they do have all of those picks. They got all of this talent that maybe won't even play that much. So when you talk about a superstar trade, you know, become available, when the right guy comes available, they're a team that they're just waiting to strike. And they're going to have probably assets left over after that, to be honest. You know what I mean? To even maybe make a follow-up move uh, on top of it. But their core guys that they have, you know, SGA, J-Dub, uh, and Chet, I mean, it, that's that's a tough core uh, yeah. when it comes to young guys because one of them's already a superstar. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. No question, man. Um, Next guy I want to tap in on, you know, OKC is looking good with some youngsters. Utah Jazz had a good draft as well, man. Now, two out of their three picks did not play in this summer league. But the one that did, Keontae George, man. This kid looks like a bucket getter. (laughs) Three-level score. I watched the game live against Minnesota, and I'm just sitting here look like, you know, as a as a scoring Knicks fan who is still pissed off at the Mavericks for intentionally tanking and tanking our pick. This kid got picked 16th. This kid got picked yeah. 16th, and he's lighting it up, man. What what was your impressions of Keontae George in uh, in, in summer league? Now, I think a lot of people were surprised by his play. Um, I was not one of them. You know, yeah. I, I came on this show uh, a couple weeks ago, and I said, I think Utah won the draft. They had three guys that were in my top eight. Keontae was ranked highest um, of the group. Uh, this is a kid I never wavered on when the shot percentages didn't necessarily line up with what the eye test was showing me in college because, you know, I've seen what this dude was capable of in high school. I've seen mm-hmm. what he was capable of in college. Um, the type of the, – the way he moves is, is the movement of an NBA star. You know, I mean, some some guys on the court, they just move around the court differently. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and he's one of those guys. He's got the confidence. 
Um, you got to love that, like on his, uh, you know, his uh, phone wallpaper background, it's, you know, one of these YouTube scouting reports listing all his weaknesses and it's just zoomed into the weaknesses. Mm. And that's what mm. his phone background is like this kid. Um, obviously, he got in way better shape from the season. He lost like 15 pounds. Mm. He looks bouncier, but he had an ankle injury during the season that kind of hampered him. And uh, the kids just his skill set is just super advanced. And I think what a lot of people were surprised by was the passing more than the scoring, because everybody knows that he is a bucket. It's just about the shots going in. But he was playing point guard out there and he looked poised. He looked in control. But again, this was all there on the tape. You know, like he was making these plays, especially earlier on in the year. But he was in that Baylor backcourt sharing uh, guard duties, playing in a three guard lineup as the biggest guard in that lineup with LJ Cryer and, and Alan Flanagan, uh, mm. who were, were two really good college players, uh, Adam Flagler, sorry, uh, that were really good college players, really good college guards, but he's playing the small forward pretty much on that team and, and not getting to have the ball in his hands like he was here. So um, like you mentioned, they didn't even have their two other guys playing who I think are going to, you know, have, have, crazy potential themselves to be really good NBA players. You know, Taylor Hendricks, I think some of the moves that they made, um, he might not play too much this year with, with the main team, but I think Keontae, they don't have guards that offer the kind of thing that he offers. So I think he's going to come in and, you know, right now, if you're a jazz fan, you go, man, we traded Donovan Mitchell and we got, and we got all those picks, you know, all this, these assets and we just replaced him. (laughs) <laughs> with Keontae George and we traded Rudy Gobert and we got all those yeah. picks and all those asses and we replaced him with Walker Kessler. Um, and that's not even to go to, you know, the, the guy they picked ahead of Keontae and the, the next guy they got and all the assets like that team loaded. Um, another team is ready to make a move. And, you know, I think Keontae is going to be up and down this year as a rookie uh, long season. Uh, but you saw what his potential is. And, and again, you don't want to overreact. To yeah. Yeah. But it was too easy for him. Very easy, man. And and just a player who looked like he just had it all under control. Good feel for what he was doing out there. And as you said, his passing was impressive. And this Utah Jazz team, after losing Mitchell and, and losing Conley, they are looking for more playmaking. You know, they have Clarks and they have Sex, and those guys are, are very score first. And so we'll, we'll see what he can bring to that offense off of the bench and, and see, uh, you know, if he can help them facilitate a little bit. But they're certainly looking for some playmaking. And uh, I was impressed, man. Good, nice, nice, impressive scoring output there from Keontae George in his uh, summer league debut. No question yeah. about it, man. No question. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. NBA report here live and direct. We are recapping the NBA Summer League of 2023. Talking about our standout players, man. CP the franchise, Alex Otaro's Corey Tulba of the No Ceilings podcast. Let's get those likes up. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Um, shout out to everybody in the chat, man. Shout out to uh, Jay from Jay from uh, PR. We got John Talento, JJ from Brooklyn in here. Above the Rim, TM, salute. Michael Powell in here, man. So we got our regulars. Salute to everybody in the chat. Tapping in. Okay, who else we want to get to here? Who else we want to get to? How about... Now, Eamon Thompson... Didn't really get a chance to shine after leaving the Rockets and Blazers game with an ankle injury on the opening night. But his twin brother, Asar Thompson, got it popping a little bit later on in the summer league, man. The defense was on display. Athleticism. Saw some impressive put-back dunks. What do you think about Asar Thompson, man, with the Detroit Pistons? Yeah, I think they got a stud, man. I love Asar Thompson. Um, this is a kid I got to see a lot in person this year. Um when he was with the OTE and 
you know, I'm just happy that for the Thompson twins, both guys who look good, you know, obviously, like you said, like uh, his brother Amen didn't get to show out that much because he got hurt in the first game. But we finally got to see what they look like against uh, better competition because the, the knock on them, uh, one of the knocks on them was that they were in the OTE, yeah. their older prospects at 20 years old, they're playing against the high school kids. Mm. I had those same questions, you know, like it, they're playing down to competition, but they came out and they looked right at home. Both guys look comfortable, not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but with a SAR, you saw he like, he looks like he could be that, you know, Andre Iguodala type of wing who can really pass, can really defend, rebounds the ball, pushes the pace, you know, and, uh, is a jump shot away from, you know, being a true star. And, you know, Iguodala was never a, a shooter, uh, no matter, you know, I know your guy, uh, you know, Max Kellerman uh, said that he wants uh, Iguodala <laughs> taking that last shot. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he was a guy who was inconsistent with his jumper, but he would hit it um, throughout his career. He he was, you didn't necessarily hate that he took it. And I think Asar is there. He he shot the ball confidently, even if the percentages weren't there from deep. And you saw all the other things that he does. Like he's a guy who just makes a ton of winning plays all over the court on both ends. I mean, f- over four stocks a game. Um, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, will will typically translate, you know, that kind of defensive playmaking, you know, is a good sign for him. So I I mean, the kid is is somebody who is gonna embody that bad boy Pistons culture. Mm. And um I think he slots in at that three spot really well. Now, you know, Detroit as a whole has some decisions to make because somebody's got to shoot the rock on that team eventually. And uh, right now, there's not a person in that starting lineup that can consistently, even though my guy, friend of the program, Marcus Sasser, dropped a 40-piece in his last game, Mm -hmm. uh, 25th pick in the draft. So, uh, you know, they got some shooters on on their team, but they got to get some shooters in that starting lineup. And, yeah. and you know, Asar might even come off the bench, you know, you know, with Bogdanovich there. Um, but uh, I, his future is 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 really bright because um, you saw a crazy, crazy athlete out there on the yeah, court. Listen, it, is the uh, is the the issue with this shot? Do you believe is is the intention to alter his shot mechanics? Or do you think he kind of goes in with, you know, the, the the shooting form that he had coming in? I think that they'll continue to work to hone it. He, he's he needs much less of a mechanical change than his brother does. His brother's shot is probably got to be overhauled completely. Um, and that'll be honestly like the fourth time in like two years that mm. that'll really be happening for Amen and you know that's that's tough for anybody to do to change your shot once but it shows he's trying to to get it down but with Asar like he's definitely been working on it his form has gotten better over the course of the year and more consistent um and with him it's not so much that his form is bad it's the fact that his lower body his upper body typically don't work in synergy and mm-hmm. you know it's it's just not a smooth looking shots it it almost feels like you know it's step one step two step three sometimes rather than like you know whether he he's just shooting it like at the end of a shot clock when you're Mm -hmm. not thinking it it almost feels like he's thinking it uh through too much sometimes so i think it's just gonna be reps and and just continuing to work it at getting it off at game speed because you know one of the things that you know if every time you go up a level no matter if it's jv to varsity you know high school to college college to the nba that speed of the game increases exponentially so it you know the the summer league defenders if you think they're closing out to you it's gonna be a little bit harder when it's you know paul george and Kawhi leonard closing out rather than you know uh somebody who's 
probably going to play in the G League, you know, for the most most of the season. So I think he's just got to get the speed going, and that's just reps and and not thinking so much and not making it be so mechanical. Do you think he's so? Do you think he's going to come off the bench, or do you think he's going to be a starter? Because as you as you mentioned, like you got to have Cade, Jay, and Ivy. You got Thompson in there. You got James Wiseman, who you know they're still waiting for him to figure out his game as well. So. Where do you see Durant. him fitting in? Because they do have Burks. They do have Joe Harris now after the yeah. trade. Yeah. yeah. So right. w- w- where is he going to fit in? Yeah, I I guess we'll see, right? I mean, who knows? Like, this is a, a brand new team almost yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, new coach. New coach. You know who right. knows? Like, wants you know, to go with it. Right. We don't, we don't know. I, I think that they're a, probably a little bit similar to, to Houston, right? And that they, they want to take a, a little bit of a step. They want to get some of these veterans to kind of teach these young guys how to play. Um, But just roster wise, like, I mean, Bagley, Wiseman, Durin, like all those guys all do the same thing and they all play the same spots and they want to play them together. I mean, who knows what, what direction they go if they're trying to win games, you know, I, it probably doesn't make much sense to have, you know, a SAR start. It would probably make more sense to have some of those veterans, Um, but they're a team. They're probably not as much in a rush as a team, like Houston is uh, to take that next step. Um, I think they probably just, Hey, let's see if Cade's healthy this year and let's see what Jaden Ivy can do. You know, he was very up and down in that summer league, um, looked a little erratic. Let's see if he's a long-term piece. Let's see what Asar looks like in a real NBA team setting. Um, and let's try to figure out this Jalen Duran, James Wiseman, Marvin Bagley, you know, cluster in the front court because, uh, the roster needs some honing for sure, but the pieces are all interesting. So I think whether he starts or he comes off the bench or he spends time in the G League sometimes, like I don't think it matters for them this year because um, I think that he's got a chance to be a high-level impact playoff guy in three, four years when it really matters. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I'm just looking at the entire roster. I'm just have the whole Pistons depth chart. It's just all over the place because you got <laughs> – <laughs> I mean, you've got, you got Monte Morris on there. You got Killian Hayes. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you got, you got all these guys. You got Isaiah Stewart. You, you talked about Jalen Durant. Right. Isaiah and, Stewart. And team. So this whole, this whole roster is just interesting. I, I wanted to see how it all plays out. Interesting indeed, man. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that th- thumbs up on free boys. We do have a Detroit Pistons fan in the house. Oh, I don't know what happened. We got ripped in. We do have a Detroit Pistons fan in the house. Michael Powell in here. Salute, mm. man. Yeah, he, he's locked in. He's locked in. He says, yeah, we're hurting for a sniper. He says, Bogey's the only guy with that can start that we can depend on from the three-point line. You got Burks, too, man. He's sleeping on my guy Burks, Al. One of the most efficient scorers in the NBA. Not Burks everyone's hive. a big Burks hive. Burks hive, Burks hive. Man. Burks hive. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't get on the, you like get Burks on the train. Game? Of course. He's a good basketball player. What's not to like? Okay. <laughs> Troy Weaver brought him back for a reason, man. <laughs> All right, he brought him back for a reason, man. Trust and believe my guy, Alec Burks. All right, Michael Powell, you won't be disappointed. Okay. All right, next up on the list, man. How about Imani Bates? Mm. Mm. This is the guy that I was fascinated one by. Of, one of the, the most sought-after prospects once upon a time who mm. fell on hard times, picked with the 46th pick by the Cleveland Cavaliers. 19 points. Four rebounds in the Summer League Championship game. Hasn't met a shot he hasn't liked, but he was knocking him down. What do you think about Bates' uh, Summer League outing, man? Summer League stint. 
I, I was really, really impressed by how he played. Um, you know, this is a, a kid who really it's like he's one of these guys who he has to learn how to play almost. You know, it's like he's one of these guys who in a summer league setting, sometimes it could be perfect because it's almost like a men's league when like, you know, you just bring in the the ringer who comes in could just go off for for thirty in a playoff game, and you're like, this this dude hasn't played in the the league the whole season, but he came in, he just came in and get buckets. Like he's that type of guy; he's ready to get buckets whenever. But he got to play with Isaiah Mobley and Sam Merrill, and these guys who kind of play like a real modern way of uh, basketball. That I think that really helped him because, you know, the situations he's been in at Memphis where Penny tried to make him a point guard and that was a disaster, you know, mm. and, and as a 17 um, year old kid who, uh, you know, wasn't even eligible to go to the draft that next year. That was a really tough predicament to put him in. Um, and then the next year, you know, he, he's playing in a mid-major and he's going back to where the team revolves around him and he can just kind of chuck away and he, well, he didn't really improve on his weaknesses. I think that this Cavs summer league team, and he said that I think this is the first time he's had fun playing basketball in a while. Uh, I think because he played with guys who were fun to play with, with Sharif Cooper and, you know, guys who just know how to pass a rock, get him open in spots. And if he's going to stick in the league, I think he's got to kind of be like a, you know, six, eight, six, nine, like Malik Monk kind of guy who, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, need, you know who, who can come in and light it up, but also has to learn to tone it down and kind of fit in and play with a team that accentuates, uh, accentuates his strengths. So um, I think the Cavs are a pretty good spot for him. And when I was watching him live, I was like, you know what? He's like not forcing things out there. Like he usually does. Um, he's always going to take, you know, a shot or two that maybe you go, eh, you know, maybe move that, move off that one, give it, let somebody else get the rock there. Right. But, but I thought he played within himself. I thought he was poised. And I think that's good. It's a good sign for, um, him getting a chance to to make it in the league because if he comes in and he's just like, hey, this is my show, and you know I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna be Imani Bates. I was on the cover of Sports Illustrated when I was 15, 16 years old. Like if he thinks he's that guy, it won't work. But if he could buy in to you know being a guy who can hit shots in a bunch of ways because he could shoot off movement, like he can run off screens, he could you know space the floor in a real way. He could not. He, there is value in what he brings to a team. He's got to buy in, and he bought in. And, you know, the that Cavs team was a lot of fun. They they obviously won the the championship, and, and Imani was a part of it. Yeah, I like what Imani showed, especially when you talk about buying into a team, and that gives me confidence in Summer League, having a system that actually worked for him, that he could do that at the next level. Do you think he'll get any playing time on the Cavs? Because I'm not thinking like a starter, right? The stars are already set. Yeah, Garland, Mitchell, Struess, uh, Mobley, Allen, but maybe with that second unit, right? Because even though they did sign George Niang, he is 6'9". Maybe you want to use him as like a stretch four. Maybe if he shows enough improvement and can play in the system, maybe he gets him. Get and him, they still uh, have Levert, right? Over there. They still have Levert, right? Yeah, they still got Levert. Yeah, yeah. so he'd be this. But he's he's swatted in as like the shooting guard. Right. So right. you can still play. You can still have some like height, wingspan out on the court if you put him at the four. I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't expect him to get playing time next year. I think he's going to spend a lot of time in the G League, G-League. and I think that's mm. going to be good for him. Um, look, the NBA, to me, for there are going to be very few rookies that are good this year. Even the guys that are getting picked, you know, fourth and fifth and sixth, like these guys are not going to be good NBA players. And the Cavs are trying to win. 
you know, it might be hard when you got to line up in a playoff series against a guy like Jalen Brunson to to get it done. But the, the Cavs are the Cavs are trying to win. Um, Amani Bates isn't going to help them, I don't think, further that goal this year. And I think that's why, you know, you go out and you get a Max Struess, um, you re-sign a Karis LeVert, guys who are going to play a similar role to what you would expect Amani to bring. So I think he's going to learn the NBA game. They're going to be patient with him. He doesn't have to have the pressure and the hype. He's not in a big market. Uh, he was a second-round pick. They could put him in the G League, let him develop, learn the game, learn how to play defense at an NBA level, um, and and learn how to play in an NBA offense um, instead of just everything revolves around me or I'm gonna they're gonna put the ball in my hands and I'm gonna be a point guard like they're gonna let him be him in an NBA sense and he'll sink or swim based on that opportunity. But I think that if this is any indication, I think he's trending in the right direction because um, you know like it's real easy as a when you're that kind of guy to have the mentality, like I thought Gigi Jackson, this every time he touched the ball, I count, I watched a game for the Grizzlies this year, similar situation, young guy, reclassed, kind of a, you know, a, a chucker in, in college. I counted, he made, not, not assists. He had made one pass in the game I was watching. Like every time he got the ball, <laughs> I think it's going up. Like, like I was like, you know, like that's the type of stuff where you're like, this ain't going to work. Like uh, you take a chance on a player, like until he has that mindset flip, it's not going to work. I thought Amani showed a lot of like the positive trends and now we'll see if that can continue and, you know, the grind of a long season and, and you know, all that. But I, I thought he had a good summer league showing for sure. Interesting indeed, man. Uh, any other prospects that, that stood out to you uh, out there in Vegas? I, I thought the Lakers, prospect yeah. were really good yeah. um i mean max christie was he looked like a superstar out there <laughs> i mean he was uh I, I really liked max christie at michigan yeah. state he was one of those guys where you just watched him and you're like oh he looks like he's got it and then uh he had an inconsistent season and you know it's hard to play for Izzo sometimes as a young guy goes to the lakers doesn't get much run i think he looks like he's potentially going to be a guy that they could put on the court next year um yeah. you know six eight could shoot it his attack game was was really improved uh i thought colin castleton another friend of the program i thought he was tremendous out in in vegas uh as a, a hub i think he's on a two-way contract i think he's gonna earn a, a full-time contract uh with the lakers i mean he averaged four and a half assists a game to one and a half turnovers as a center mm. um uh 10 and a half rebounds a game shot 50 percent from the floor 80 percent from the line um just a big dude seven four wingspan knows how to play older so he's ready to go Demoy Hodge looked really good another older guy out of Missouri um who's a shooter just plays the right way and then you know Jalen Hutchifino um you know inconsistent but when it, it was good you know he looked like he had all the the makings of a star NBA guard so they had a lot of young talent that I was really impressed with and then even Max Lewis who was a guy who was a second round pick for them uh who was flirting with lottery you know territory earlier in the draft cycle uh, he was up and down too, but you could see like he had some some flashes where you, you can get really excited. So I just think you know the Lakers did a really good job, and they've been for years been really good at, at finding talent um, on the fringes and and uh, you know in the draft. So I I would look out for some of those guys. They were impressive. Mm -hmm. Michael Powell in the chat asking about Anthony Black with Orlando, man. Black showing the court vision off out there. <laughs> Was very impressive with the passing. What what'd you think about Anthony Black in, in Vegas? 
and I loved Anthony Black in the draft cycle. Um, I heard nothing but good things. Every, you know, I did, I talked to a lot of the, the players that he played against this year. You know, that was one of the things I tried to bring. It's the player's perspective and, and the player's scout. And anytime we talked about Anthony Black, everybody was like, yo, that kid could go, man. Like, he is tough. So, like, he just plays the right way. He's a guy that if, if you got an opportunity, he was at LA fitness or something, you'd be like, Oh, I want to play on that dude's team. Yeah, he's yeah. going to find me all over the floor. He's just got that, that gene that guys like, you know, Tyrese Halliburton have, right. Like just going to find you exactly in the right spot. He's big. He's athletic. Um, he's good. He just, he pushes the pace. Uh, again, he's a jump shot away. We knew that going in. Uh, but uh, you know, I think he's just a guy that you're going to find on a lot of winning teams and, between the the offensive defensive versatility, it's probably going to be sooner rather than later um, for that you know young Magic yeah. core that uh, I think you know they might be ready to take another step this year as well. How well, do you feel about Anthony Black developing a jumper? I I would buy into it. Um, you know I I think that functionally there's nothing where you go oh man he's never going to shoot it. You know like he does he he's definitely he's kind of similar to Asar where it's just like just shoot it. Stop thinking about it. Like stop going through the motions. Uh, just, just let it fly sometimes. And uh, sometimes he has a tendency to overthink it, but when he just shoots it, like it looks good. He's willing to, to shoot it. Um, and I, I think it's going to take time. I, I think he's kind of in that like Josh Giddy mold where you're like, Josh Giddy's not a shooter, but like he will shoot it and he needs to just shoot it to be a threat out there to open up other parts of his game. And I think it's going to be similar uh, with Anthony black, because if you go under a screen, he's going to shoot it. And uh, that's all. If he hits one, then you're like, all right, maybe we go over this time and, and that'll open everything else up. So and, and even so, he's, he's going to pressure the rim because he's just so crafty and athletic. Uh, he's going to get to the rim anyway. He's one of those type of guys. So uh, I, I would not bet on him winning a three point contest <laughs> or getting to 40 to percent. But, I, you know, I, I don't think it's going to hamper him uh, as a player in his career. What I will say is similar to some of these other teams, Orlando's got to find some guys that could uh, shoot that ball pretty soon. Cause hey, between Fultz and Suggs right. and Paulo and Franz, and it's like, somebody's got to shoot that thing. And now, you know, they also drafted uh jet Howard in the lottery and, and he could shoot that thing. Uh, but he's a rookie and you know, rookies aren't always ready very early, but somebody's got to shoot it down in Orlando. Yeah. That I think that's what uh, is, is intriguing to me is that, He's a good prospect, but you have Suggs, you have Cole Anthony, you got Mark Fultz, a reclamation project. <laughs> what what is going to give in his guard rotation? None of which are outstanding shooters. Oh, yeah. Interesting pickup, interesting yeah, pickup, and how and it all fits. It's it's weird because he wasn't get like we we mocked him to Orlando in our final mock because that's what you know we were hearing was going to happen. Mm. Um, but he was not being mocked to Orlando like in any scenario up until like the the week leading up to the the draft mm. because you just look at it on the surface and you go, yeah, he doesn't really fit. But I think when you are six seven six eight and you have that kind of feel, that kind of defensive versatility, versatility, yeah, yeah, you go, all right, he might not have to be a point guard. Like maybe we could slot him in and he could play some three. Maybe he could play some four when he gets stronger. Um, and now you run in lineups where maybe Paulo's the small ball five, and you got Paulo, Franz, Anthony Black in the front court. You get some shooters in the back court, and you kind of just figure it out. And you go, these guys are smart. They all high IQs out on the court. They'll figure it out. So, yeah. and they're they're in no rush to win games either. So it's True. like, you know, they could experiment with with this kind of stuff. But um, I would bet on you know kind of him sticking over 
the Cole Anthony's and yeah, the yeah. Jalen Suggs, uh, you know, in the long term. And, um, you know, you experiment it, see if those guys improve. And if not, maybe you move them for p- pieces that fit a little bit better. And I think that's the big part that we said, Corey. It's like they're not in any rush. And <clears throat> for a team that's building, like, why not just try to acquire as much talent that you see as possible and then figure it out as you go along the way? Like, you got Franz down there. You got Paolo down there. You got Anthony Black. Um, if anyone else hits from those guys that we mentioned, then you're starting to cook over there. But to your point, why not just do as much talent acquisition as you can for, through the draft since Orlando, even though it's in Florida, it's not necessarily the destination for a lot of guys when they think about going down to Florida uh, as a player. So I like what they're doing, but I got another, I got, I got, I got, I got a player I got to ask you about Gigi Jackson since you already brought him up with the <laughs> lack of passing. What, what did you make of him playing for Memphis? I mean, uh, look, Gigi, he's just one of these guys, like, he's not going to be for me. You know what I mean? Like, he could be for somebody else, and and that's fine, and I get it. I understand. You know, like, I, I don't really like salad, but my wife loves salad. You know what I mean? Like, salad's not for me. Right. You know? So, like, we, we know, Corey, from, from your travels. We get it. <laughs> uh, I, I just think he, he's really talented. He's going to be one of these guys where you're, like, you're, you're always just left wanting more. You know what I mean? Like, it, he just has so much to learn and he's young enough that there is a chance that maybe he could, but there's a reason somebody who's that young with that frame, the, that kind of shot making potential slides to where he slid to. And, um, you know, there's a lot of the maturity issues that, that came up, you know, in the interview process and the conditioning. And then he had the Instagram live situation during the season where he said, he's the one who should be taking the shots. And, Mm. Uh, you could chalk that up to just being a kid, but guess what? You're in the NBA now. You don't get to be a kid anymore. You got to grow up quick. So he's one of these guys that if he doesn't grow up quick, it might, he might not make it. And, uh, you know, I think at the, in the second round, that's a fine, you know, kind of dart to throw at the the board. Um, but I think Memphis, when they have kind of taken those, those shots on these guys, that's where they've missed, you know, they, Mm. they, could have taken Trey Murphy and they, they traded up for Zaire Williams. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a team that would probably be uh, a little bit closer to a championship level team. If they took a Trey Murphy, who was a similar type of archetype. So it, it hurts less in the second round with Gigi, but yeah. uh, he's going to be spending a lot of time in, in uh, with the hustle down in Memphis in the G league team. And, you know, we'll see how he reacts to that. Uh, it could humble him and make him want to work harder. And if he if he hits, then he hits. But I didn't see anything out in summer league that made me think that he had any kind of uh, thought in his head that he needed to change his game much because no passing, all shooting. Like he looked like the Gigi Jackson at South Carolina is just he's not the best player on his team anymore. You know what I mean? So he's not a good enough shooter that you go. All right. I want him to shoot every time he touches the ball, Mm -hmm. you know, like. Look, Jaw's gonna get him in position to knock down shots, right? Like they have a team full of guys that are gonna get him open looks, but he's not that knockdown shooter. It looks good when it's going in, it doesn't go in enough. So I don't know. He's definitely a project. He's gonna be a guy that needs to develop in the G League. And uh I think if his summer league was any indication, he's gonna be down there for the majority of the season. One more player I gotta ask you about, Corey. Uh, Jordan Walsh. Cause I did like mm. what I saw from him on the Celtics. I thought he was a very cerebral player. I liked how 
it seemed like the game he the game wasn't too fast for him in summer league, and I thought he was doing a lot of the good things, like whether it was knowing when to drive, knowing when to pull up from three, um, just passing wise. Defense, I think, is what's going to get him on the court. But I want to know your thoughts about him. Yeah, they're I I think they're excited about uh, Jordan Walsh in in Boston. Um, I was speaking to you know some some uh, executives there. They're excited about uh, him as a prospect. He looks like that modern day versatile, huge forward. Um, had a couple of really big games out there known for his defense. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to become, you know, come in and be ready to contribute to the main roster right away because that is a team with legitimate championship aspirations. Uh, but he looked really comfortable. And I think, you know, one of the reasons that he fell a little bit in the draft, cause this is a kid that was probably a top 20 prospect coming into the year, uh, was that, that, that team that he was on, just they didn't have any spacing they didn't have any shooting and this is a guy who he catches on the perimeter you really he really is trying to get to the basket right and he's a good passer he showed that in the summer league but if you pass it out to a bunch of guys who can't shoot those shots aren't going to go in and your passes don't get uh brought up nearly as much so i i think that you know this playing with pros playing with guys who can knock down shots, that passing pops a little bit more. You start looking at NBA spacing because now you got guys who can knock down shots. Those attacks look a little bit more cerebral, a little more poised. You look a little, you know, a little bit more athletic. You look a little bit less like you're running into traffic because they're just packing the paint, waiting for drives. Um, so I, I think he's going to be a good player. I think he's going to be a team that uh, a guy who spends some time in Maine with the Red Claws this year. Uh, but I think that, they're probably going to get him some minutes on the main roster at times. It's going to be great experience. And I think in a couple of years, you can look at a guy because he's already pretty strong physically, you know, for a teenager. So I think in a couple of years with NBA weight training, like you're looking at a guy who can really make an impact and and who knows, like, I think because he's a defender um, because, you know, he's got some feel to him. Maybe he does earn some minutes um, and he, maybe he plays like a, like a Herb Jones role under, you know, the, the absolute right scenario. So you could never have enough wings that can defend. True indeed, man. Terrence P in the chat says, how about Jaime Jaquez on Miami? Well, we don't know if he's going to be Miami. Is he going to be Portland? Or is he going to be Philly? What did you think, though, man? I love Jaime, man. I love him. This has been my guy. I did a, a podcast episode about him last draft. Mm. I would have drafted him top 20 last draft. Mm. He was a little older, so you know people were up in the air about him as a prospect. But he went in, absolutely killed workouts cemented himself perfect heat culture guy and he just did what he does <laughs> and uh that's play basketball the right way man like he's uh i think he's gonna be really good if he stays in miami learning from jimmy yeah yeah and uh i, I saw him uh at the garden and he just destroyed kentucky like mm. whatever he wanted so i mean he's i think he's gonna be <laughs> really good i think he's got like a higher ceiling than people want to give him because he's a little older mm. But as you said, he's in the right system. He's in the right culture where, you know, even if he doesn't hit it, he can fill in and, and give them what they need. They just lost troops. They lost Gabe Vincent. So they need a guy that can plug and play and be ready. So sometimes teams like a Miami, teams like a Denver, you want to go for those older prospects that'll be ready to go and ready to contribute, come from a big program, you know, mature mm -hmm. and ready to go. Just like even Denver, you know, they, they lose Bruce Brown. They had to figure they were going to lose him. Before the finals were even over, they're making maneuvers, getting draft picks. Now they got yeah. had three three picks they picked up, and some of these guys look like they could be cracking the rotation. So just like a Christian Brown, 
So you just never know, man. You just never know. Yeah. And Hunter Tyson uh, for Denver, he shot the cover off the ball in Vegas, yeah. man. There you go. <laughs> there, there you go, man. But um, Miami's, Miami's got Orlando Robinson, too, who's dominating. Mm, yeah. yeah. Was, he was impressive. Very he was impressive. very, very impressive. He, he, you know, he's one of these guys, man. You, that's what you want to see in that second year of summer league for these young guys. You want to see if, if they can dominate the competition. And he did, man. He looked like he was doing whatever he wanted out there. So Miami might have some pieces. True indeed, man. Well, great show, fellas. Though we did a great job of really recapping the summer league. Corey, excellent job by you and the squad at No Ceilings, man. Uh, what's the rest of the offseason looking like for you guys? Uh, is, are you looking at Cooper flag tape? What, what are you guys doing, man? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, that kid is crazy. You know what's funny? I, I saw him. I saw Montverde in, in Jersey this year at a mm. tournament. He didn't get off the bench. Wow. He played four, maybe four minutes mm. because... You know, that's the kind of school where if you're a 10th grader or whatever, like, you got to wait for the older guys yeah. to, to move on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're diving into the 24 class. And it's a train wreck. I'm not going to lie. Oh. It's, it's wow. not. I'm not going to lie. It's wow. a train wreck. Um, I think the boards are going to look crazy. I don't think there's going to be consensus. Wow. Uh, it's going to be, we're going to see who's really about it this year. Interesting. Interesting Great. stuff. For the Knicks man. to be into this draft. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. With two picks, right? Two picks, man. Uh, but either way, man, great stuff. Enjoy the rest of the summer. And uh, looking forward to more content, man. People in the chat definitely appreciate the work that you guys are doing, man. So keep going. And uh, wishing you continued elevation in the next year, man. Great job, bro. Hey, appreciate you guys having me, man. <laughs> All right, man. For everybody in the chat, remember that you can catch these shows in audio podcast format. No reason to miss it. We are available on all podcast platform so make sure to share this video subscribe to the channel and hit that thumbs up button for you boys the nba report we out of here cp alex Corey, great job as usual we out of here man have a great night people peace